All right. Well, here we are again with another episode of Two Beards and a Bible. And today we're going to uh, continue uh, talking about Christ's life and uh, leading up to his ministry. So uh, for that, we're going to turn first to Luke 1, uh, verses 1 through 4. And Dave, uh, for, I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm John Swaino, and this and is Dave Tenney. And we're Two Beards with a Bible and a Bible. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into the scriptures because that's what we're here for. All right, I'm going to start in uh, Luke chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from the uh, New American Standard Version here. It says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those from the beginning who were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you've been taught. All right. Some interesting thoughts there. We'll come back to that. We want to get the, the scripture out of the way that we're going to uh, be talking about. And uh, for that, next we're going to turn to John 1 and read the first 18 verses of John chapter 1. So we'll head over there. And there in, in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, cried out, saying, This was he whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. You know, John, it's a good thing we start here. Because <clears throat> when we think about Jesus, sometimes we forget that he was here before the beginning of the world. He was here at the very, very beginning. Um, whenever I hear... Uh, the beginning of John read, as you just read that, you know, I always think back about, you know, of, of to creation in, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and, and all of those things are kind of bring those, bring those thoughts to mind. I think that was the idea of this. Right. And I think we mentioned last time that, you know, the, the beginning of the book of John there is, for lack of a better word, it's deep. 
It and, is. And it really, you can, you can really tangle your mind up uh, kind of thinking about the depth of Christ being there in the beginning, him being the word, uh, being there with God and being God. You know, that, that leads us, you know, to the, the thought of, of course, the Godhead, as we mentioned last time. And that, that is something that uh, may always escape our total understanding. And that's as it is with the scriptures. Uh, there are some things, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. And uh, there are some things that we just won't understand or need to understand now. But we know that everything in the scriptures that we need to know about life and godliness is there for us. Yes. And, and God, Jesus also had this part in creation mm -hmm. that uh, sometimes we kind of skip over. Or maybe, maybe you've not heard about that. But, you know, Jesus... It says here in John that, that nothing was made without him. Right. You know, it says he was the in the beginning with God in verse 2. You know, Jesus was the one that was the creator, the one that created this earth. It's no surprise then that later on we see that Jesus has all this miraculous power over matter. Right? He can calm the seas. He can... Uh, change one thing from one thing to another. You know, at the wedding feast, he changed water into wine. He has right. complete power over his creation. Right. Yeah. And it, it never, you know, the, the more you read, the more you study, the more you understand about Christ, uh, the more the more you become amazed. And the more it really all starts to make sense, too. You know, this beginning of John puts a lot of things into perspective. It really does. Um, what what else is uh, is mentioned there? There's, there's another person mentioned in in the book of John. Obviously, he speaks of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we we sometimes uh, or, or some maybe some religious groups kind of dismiss you know that there is a Godhead. Um, I I I you know there's three characters that are mentioned in the Bible as being the creators. Um, in Genesis, you think about, you know, God's spirit moving upon the face of the waters. Um, right. We think about Jesus being there as the, as the active um, uh, creator, and God is the designer. You know, those, that's typically what we refer to as the Godhead. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, oh, the thought I had just shot right <laughs> out of my head. So that, that'll happen. Uh, but the other, the other thing that... Uh, is mentioned there, you know, is, uh, is John, John the Baptist. Yes. And, uh, uh, speaking of him coming to, to lay the foundation yeah. uh, for Christ. And that's also an, an important, an important thought. What, what was his purpose? Why, do, to, why was John the Baptist sent? To pave the way to prepare, to prepare the, the, the people, the people of God for, for Christ and the, the salvation that was to come. Yeah. And yeah. as we study, we're going to see that. Right. How he did that, how that was done. Right. Um, I have a question here. We're, we're going by kind of a study guide. One of the questions in the study guide, it says, of whom is it said he was in the world and the world did not know him? That would be Christ. Yeah. And why, why didn't they know him? Right. <laughs> you, you know, and you think about the, uh, the scriptures that they had, you know, the Old Testament that was there and that pointed toward Christ from from the beginning. And you had all of these prophecies that spoke of him and, and 
and so much, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the in the lessons, that um, so much of the pro all of the prophecies were fulfilled. But we can see in Christ's life that all these pro prophecies are coming to fruition, and yet right there in front of their eyes is the Son of God, the Messiah that they've been waiting for, that they've been looking for, and they just, and they don't see it. And there's a lot of examples of that as we go through, to where you know somebody asks for a sign. You right. know, and it's like, oh, haven't you been paying attention? Right. You know, he's just been doing all these signs. Right. You know, you kind of look over it. One thing that I think is uh, uh, good to point out here is in verse 12, it says, uh, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Now, one mm -hmm. thing I want to point out here. We got to be careful that, you know, we don't take a a, a verse out of context. And uh, I I have a list that I've been keeping as I've been going through this. And, uh, you know, I, I would say that is a clue to salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, as we're reading through the Bible, I, I can tell you that, you know, there are very few places where um, it's all laid out for you. Acts chapter 2 would be a place where it's all laid out for you. Right. But... As we go through the Gospels, you know, as it's being revealed, you know, he, he reveals pieces of what salvation is. And here we can see that part of that is going to be belief. Right. Yeah. And without belief, you know, it's it's hard to go any further, you know. And something that, that struck me as I read that is that word right. The you, right. To. You have the right to. You know, we commonly hear on, on television when someone is arrested on, in a movie, they have the right to remain silent. It doesn't mean that they always do, you know, and, and you have the right, you know, if, if you are a believer in God, he, he's given to his people, those that believe and that follow after him, that right of, of salvation. Right. And, and so that that's a, a, something to think about, you know, are we exercising that right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Belief is something that is an action that we do, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, um, people would say, you know, when we talk about salvation, you know, there's, there's things that God did, you know, like he sent his son, you know, and those, those things that we'll study about, and there's things that we do, and belief is one of those things that we have to do. Right. God can't do it for us. We have to do that. And it's more than words. Absolutely. You know, there, there, there's, uh, if if you if you believe there's going to be fruit that that is going to be manifested, and um, you know many times you know, a lot of a lot of us human beings we walk around saying I believe I believe we go out e even today even though it seems as though uh, society is going further and further away from spiritual things further and further away from God even to this day if you were to walk out in in the United States of America and ask people on the street do you believe in God most people I would venture to guess would say yes. Right. Or, or at least a majority. Right. And, may, and maybe, you know, re, at least regionally, <laughs> I yeah. think most people would say yes. Maybe as you go uh, to, into some areas, it wouldn't be so. But, but uh, you know, here, that... Here in flyover country, right. you're going to find a lot more of that. Right. And, and belief, you know, is essential. It is. But as we understand from the scriptures, it's not everything. Towards the end here, in verse 15, you read, you started talking about John the Baptist more. 
And it says here that uh, he kind of he compares himself to Jesus here. He says, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Now, John the Baptist was six months older than Jesus. Right. How could right. that be? Right. Yeah. Well, and there we point back to the beginning of John. You know, yeah. he was he was there in the beginning. He was there. He predated um, all of uh, all of the ones that we're going to be talking about here. Right. So, I guess the last the last thing I guess we could talk about here um, would be verse seventeen, and then we'll move on. Verse seventeen, he talks about the law, that law that was given in Moses, and he says, "Grace and truth." He says the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. What's the idea of of grace? Yeah, great grace being that. Uh, oh, if I can find the words here, being the the idea that uh, we're covered by grace in in. If we're obedient to the Lord, we're covered. We're covered by grace, and we don't have to walk around worried about uh, our salvation. If we've been obedient to the Lord and we have uh, continue to stay faithful, uh, we understand that uh, we're covered by grace, and there's nothing that we can do that is going to that is going to be able to cover our sins. Whereas the old law, you know, th there was that pushing forward of the sins right. and uh, doing things to to for atonement, basically, uh, from sins. But in Christ, you know, we, we're covered by grace. We, don't, we no longer have to offer those sacrifices. The ultimate sacrifice has been given. You know, when, when somebody gives somebody else grace, the idea of that is, is you, you deserve something, some sort of punishment. You deserve that. But, but somebody relieved you. Somebody paid that debt for you. I think a good example, and I've heard this example before, so so we've got some coffee cups here. We're in John's basement here. So I've got John's coffee cup. And let's say I break John's coffee cup. You know, and this looks like a really nice coffee cup. Probably at least like $6, right? <laughs> so I don't have $6 on me. I break the coffee cup, and, and John says, Dave, don't worry about it. But John still had to pay for this cup. Right, even though even though he he forget, he said for me not to worry, he still had to pay for the cup, and that's an example of his. It would be his grace to me. He's not forcing me to pay for it. He's forgiving me of doing it. Right. It, it, the, the, I've often heard it uh, termed as unmerited favor. Yes. Uh, and uh, and that's you know there there's absolutely nothing that we can do as human beings that would come close right. to the atonement of our sins. And uh, but by the by the way, it was only 50 cents at the Goodwill. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're okay. <laughs> I don't even think I have 50 cents on me. So. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move to the next section. All so, right. So we've basically covered um, Luke 1, 1 through 4, and John 1, 1 through 18. And now we're going to talk about the genealogies. And uh, I don't think we're going to read through all of those genealogies. I'm going to go over to Matthew chapter 1. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of roughly go through them. I don't want to embarrass myself trying to read some of these names. 
uh, you would think that English wasn't my first language sometimes. Um, so starting in Matthew 1, this is what I'll, I'll, it says, the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah. Um, and it, then it says, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So he starts, he starts at David. He says, Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah, and his brothers. And then it goes all the way back through, and uh, he follows this genealogy all the way. And it, to start, I'll go at verse 15. It says, Eliad was the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph. Joseph the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called Messiah. So here we've got this genealogy of Joseph here. And the idea is, is that it's just showing that <clears throat> Jesus follows all the way back through to basically to Noah. Mm -hmm. Or not to Noah, it would be to um, uh, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. But you know that's that's the idea. It's just then when we talk about Matthew, you know the reason this this genealogy would be in here was because that was important to Jewish people. They wanted to know which tribe you were from. Prophecies were made about certain tribes, and uh, it was prophesized that that from from the throne of David, mm -hmm. you know, the Savior would come. So this is just showing that 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 is true, right? And that's just another one of those intricacies that you find in the scriptures that is just mind blowing. Yeah, that you can you trace back those uh, uh, those generations, and is the is the question in our uh, the paper we're going off of? You know, those forty two generations yes. between Abraham and Christ, and that's uh, uh, it's it's traceable. And these people, some of these that are mentioned, you you can find even in the uh, the history books that are not religious texts. Yes. You know, so there, it, it, again, lends, gives us a way also uh, for confirmation. And it's a, it, it's a mind-blowing thing, that you're, just how intricate the scriptures can be. What's Luke chapter 3 say, John? And Luke, Luke chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 23 and go through verse 38. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry at about 33 years of age, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janna, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathiah, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mathiah, <laughs> the son of Semai, the son of Joseph, the son of Judah, the son of Jonas, the son of Risa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shilitiel the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosum, the son of Elmodom, the son of Ur. And uh, we continue on, and we can go through go through again. Uh, I, I encourage you to, to look into that. I'll, I'll save you from my pronunciations there. But uh, as, we go, as we go and uh, read down towards the end here, let's start at verse 36. Uh, no, let's go to 37. The son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalo, the son of Canaan, the son of Enosh, and the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. So again, 
as Dave had mentioned, we trace the we, we trace that lineage all the way back to the very beginning. You, you know, know, all the way through, uh, all the way through David. You know that the Jews had kept this genealogy for all of their tribes, and they kept it up. And apparently, they had these records in Jerusalem. And I guess what had happened was when uh, when Herod became king, and he wasn't a Jew. Herod was a uh, Edomite uh, by birth. Um, <clears throat> he was upset because he wasn't in this genealogy, so he destroyed all the genealogies. <laughs> so, so there's no Jew today that could actually tell you what tribe they're from. There's no history of that now. Right. Now, uh, as we look a little at all these genealogies, uh, number 10 in our list here, uh, how do you explain the obvious differences between the gene genealogies of Jesus as recorded by Matthew and Luke? So well, why do we have both of those? Well, one shows Mary's lineage and one shows Joseph's. Right. I mean, that's the idea. Right. And, and there again is one of those intricacies that that uh, that, that just really lends lends to the validity of the scripture and, and being able to trace those trace those lineages back. Of course, Jesus really wasn't Joseph's son; he was God's son, right? You know, but you know that's it's it's there just in case there was a naysayer, right? <laughs> you know, right. So, uh, should we move on to Luke one? Yeah, I think that's a good Luke one five. I guess that'll beginning. be me. Luke chapter one. Starting in verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So they're both Levites. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And a whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside the hour of the incense offering, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel. And fear gripped him, but the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back to the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. 
And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in a temple. And he kept making signs of them and remained mute. And when the days of his priestly service were ended, he went back home. After these days, Elizabeth's wife became pregnant. And she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. All right. So very interesting points in, uh, in, in that passage. You know, we, we, we understand that Zacharias was a priest, and he, both he and his wife, uh, they were noted as being righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and ordinances. They, he, uh, he and his wife were uh, those that were seeking the Lord and, 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 and trying to be pleasing to God. You know, um, it mentions there that he was of the, uh, he was of, what is it, of Abijah. What, what is that called? Division of Abijah. If you go back into First Chronicles chapter 24, uh, under King David, the priests were split up into 24 different orders, and they all had to serve uh, time at different times of the year. And the idea was, was that, um, you know, the same people weren't doing all the work every time. So he split all the work up. And uh, Zechariah getting this opportunity to go into the temple, it says his lot fell upon him. This was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing that he was doing. I mean, a lot of priests never even got a chance to do this. So this was a, a huge honor that he had to do this task. Right. Yeah. Now, now as, we, as we look at uh, Zechariah, you know uh what was it uh, that he was doing uh when when this was revealed to him um i th i'd have to look in here and, and read that again um i mean obviously he's he's doing the incense offering yeah. um yeah, that was it is that the only thing i didn't know if he had to remove the showbread or anything it was a time of prayer is yeah, basically prayer. so yeah he he was he was in that that time of prayer yeah. and and as we're looking at the time here, we are at uh, 26 minutes, so we should probably cut this one off here, and we'll continue talking about Zechariah and his wife in the next episode. Okay, that sounds so, good, John. Again, we, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for looking into the Word with us, and we hope that this time is uh, edifying to you, that, that it can build you up, that you can learn something uh, from the Scriptures, just as we, we too are learning as we go through the Scriptures as well. Uh, and what a wonderful thing to be able to look into the perfect law of liberty, the scriptures. Uh, and once again, as we close every episode, I'd like to just throw out there that if you'd like to study more, if you'd like to study individually with us and, and look into the scriptures and look into what the Lord desires of mankind for salvation, we would love nothing more than to share the, the gospel with you and to study further. So by all means, reach out to us if that be your, your wish. Thanks again for being with us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.